This episode is brought to you by Fortis et Fidelis, honoring the brave and faithful service of our fallen. The free will never forget. What's going on, everybody? Uh, welcome to another episode of the Brave and Faithful podcast. I'm your host, Raiden Dionisio, and today I have a very special guest, someone who I've known in the past couple of years just through uh, a great foundation called the FitOps Foundation. Um, he is a Marine veteran, and he's also a uh, coach with Body Revision Fitness. Uh, I have none other than Jake Howard. What's going on, brother? Oh, I'm living the dream, man. I'm excited to be here. I'm, uh, oh. I haven't been a guest on too many shows. I've been, uh, been more just yelling on mine. <laughs> well, I appreciate you taking the time, man. Um, you know, myself, I'm just getting back into the whole podcast thing. So I appreciate you taking the time and, uh, being on here. Yeah, not a problem. Anytime. So, uh, like I said, you're, you're a Marine. Well, you're, you're a Marine, you know, always a Marine, right? Till death, uh, baby. <laughs> so what did you do as a Marine? Uh, what was I your was, job? I was in, I was a rifleman in the third battalion, seventh Marines at a beautiful 29 Paul. How long, how long were you, uh, in, in the service for? I did, uh, just under four years. Um, they introduced that, uh, three month get out early program as we were getting there. But I, I got out like a month and a half early instead of three. So just, just under four. And then during that time, did you, I mean, like what was the time frame? Like as years, did you make deployments and things like that? Yeah, I, w- I got in uh, June 19th, 2006. And I got out May 7th, 2010. And I went, I went to Ramadi in the in 2007, and then got back, did another workup, and we went to went to Hit, also in Al Ambar, in 2000, 2008 to 2000 into the new year 2009. So you made made more than one combat deployments out there. Um, so what would you say was your biggest takeaway from your time with the Marines? Well, my biggest takeaway from the time with Marines is if you really want to make a team work, you can make a team work no matter who's in it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're going to have your weak links and your, you know, outstanding superstars, but if you're really going to work together, you have to find the strengths, even in your weak links to make your, make your unit flow. Like me, for example, I'm, I've always been loud. I've always questioned authority. Even, yeah. you know, after it was, you know, quote unquote, beat out of me. But uh, <laughs> there was, I think that was used as a, as a double check rather than a hindrance for the most part. Yeah, but I think that was the, I think that's just the best part about the military in general, right? Like we all come from different backgrounds and, you know, different cultures and things like that. And then you just put us all together in one room or one environment and, you know, when things like sh- literally shit hit the f- shit hits the fan and everybody comes together. Yeah. When you know that you can work together because you all know your job. Right. Right. You know, I'm from, I'm from corn growing 
central Illinois. So, I mean, I, I grew up and there wasn't too much uh, racial diversity. Yeah. And uh, especially being in the infantry, you go in and you get to meet somebody from everywhere. And you get, you get to learn a whole lot about what you have not seen. That, mm. That's when you all get to hate life together is like one. Right. <laughs> you all get to embrace the suck, so to yep. say. Yep. So, you know, you mentioned you did four, uh, about four years, you did two combat deployments, uh, you were in 29 Palms. How was your transition um, from the service and what led you to basically what you're doing now? My transition from the service was not good. <laughs> okay. Uh, it, it, was, it was probably better than what it could have been, but I moved out to Tempe, Arizona originally with a bunch of guys from my unit and we all, you know, tried college and got jobs. But uh, as they started to wind down and, you know, settle down and find, find significant others to spend time with, for me, the party didn't end. Hmm. And uh, so, I mean, I, I got into, I mean, I was always, I've been drinking heavy since I was 18. And just because that was, that's what, that's what I thought you did. I thought that was the, you know, and then when you got, and then when I got Marines, it's like, it's okay that I'm still drinking heavy and like this, I'm a veteran. And the, you know, I, I, I had a little bit of what, what they call, uh, what I call entitled veteran syndrome. Right. Where uh, you'll see it a lot with people when they first get out. And a lot, some people don't get out of it, but they believe that just because they did, you know, a piece of time in the service that they're owed everything for the rest of their life. And woe is me and, yeah, like I should get that free meal or whatever. <laughs> give, me that, give me that, give me that hero love for the rest of my life. Right. That's hubris, I think, is the word I'm looking for. And ignorant. Yeah. Um, but I got, I got into uh, fancy white powders. I was a big uh, MDMA and cocaine fan. Um, I moved back to Illinois got off the fancy white powders, but I kept drinking real heavy. Uh, moved down to Southern Texas to work in the oil industry after about just under a year <laughs> back in Illinois where I'm from. And um, I think like the second year I was in Texas, um, I, I attempted to commit suicide. Got arrested at a gas station because I was, uh, my suicide attempt failed and I decided to walk to the gas station and buy cigarettes, but I was just way messed up. And then I, then I tried to, you know, commit, commit suicide by cop kind of thing and fight the, fight the sheriff's deputies. And yeah. then I freaked out cause they were wearing those green jumpsuits and I thought I was getting kidnapped by like the Iranians or something. <laughs> so I was, so I started like yelling in Arabic and only answering, you know, Corporal Jacob D. Howard. <laughs> And my social and <laughs> it was a weird time man and uh i got lucky i got really really lucky um i don't have a criminal record and they said listen here's what we could charge you with but if you say i'm guilty right now and pay your fine we'll only charge you with this and i said yeah. i'll take the public in talks here's my money have a great day you know? but um so, so you so you went through all that and like what led you or what, how did you come out of it? I had my last alcoholic beverage on December 5th, 
2016. Mm. And that was after I put one of my dogs down and it was a not your father's root beer. Not the, not the best thing in the world at the, at the time I was, uh, and I'm, this is, I'm extremely grateful for this, but I was living in a room in my buddy, my buddy's garage. Yeah. And I was, you know, just fat and depressed and gross. I, I, uh, I had that last beer after I put my dog down and I just, I don't, I didn't even finish it. I just, I didn't want it anymore. It wasn't, there was nothing fulfilling about it. There was nothing fulfilling about it for years. And it just took me a long time to realize it. And, uh, the next day I went back, I went and started going to the gym in my hometown called Pure Fitness in Victoria, Texas. I just started going every day. And, um, I did a, I did a fair bit of DDP yoga to get, uh, my body back to where it could move. Cause I mean, I'm five, eight and a half on my best days. Mm. And I was like three ten, three fifteen ish. Like you could roll me down a hill standing up fat. Wow. And, um, how did, how did, um, how did the, how did you get pulled into the gym? Like did somebody invite, invite you or no, you just decided to go by yourself? Yeah. I mean, I've always been. I've always been kind of health conscious as backwards as that sounds. <laughs> um, I come from a family that has a lot of heart issues and diabetes and um, on my, on my dad's side, especially his cousins are rotund folk. Um, my dad, my dad uh, ate himself into uh, type two diabetes. Wow. And, you know, so I, I, that's something I was like, I don't ever want to be those people. You know, I, I, I guess I'm fat phobic in the 2020 politically correct terms, <laughs> but uh, I was, I, I don't ever want to be that, you know, cause it's, you know, everything, everything on, they always had something to complain about how they were hurting and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, yeah. of course you're hurting. You're, you're round as a goddamn ball. Like what do you, <laughs> right. your joints are going to kill you. So um, I'd, I'd been an athlete my whole life on top of the infantry and I knew that I needed to really start taking care of myself. So that's, I went back and in about four or five months into it, I actually hired a personal trainer to do some, do some thinking for me for a while. And that was cool. And then as I started to lose weight, I said, you know, I initially lost like 50 pounds. Like it was nothing. My body was like, thank you. You're not poisoning me anymore. And, we can let some of this shit go. And then uh, I saw how this guy was, this guy and the other trainers were working and how they cared about people. Uh, and I, you know, I care about people. So I went and got certified in some hurry up and get certified. Hooray personal training cert and uh, started, started hunting for clients down there in, uh, down in Victoria. And then, um, my, the people that were letting me live in that room in their garage were getting ready to move back to Illinois for, an, uh, his, his wife was getting promoted. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I needed to find a place to go. So I moved to Pflugerville, Texas with my buddy, Jeremy Lyrock, who I served with in three, seven. And, 
I started going to this gym that was about 45 minutes away because, you know, if you've ever been to Texas, everything good's, you know, far away from you, no matter what. And not that there's not great gyms in Pflugerville. All right. I'm going to give some love to the, the Metroflex in Austin and big text gym. Okay. But I, I was a house, I was a house of games guy. And I, I started going out there and I was, you know, I should start training here. But you know, when you start, when you start in-person training, you're not exactly pulling in the cash because no one knows who you are and they haven't, you know, so I got a job working the front desk at a, at the golds by my house. I got a job working security and doing barback stuff at uh, Mavericks dance hall, which is hilarious as a sober person to do. Um, and I, I eventually worked my way to a point. Oh, and I was selling, uh, I was selling the sister brand of uh, performance supplements doing, doing demo rep stuff right. at the, for a while. Oh, I, I totally skipped over fit ops. <laughs> it's all good. But yeah. Um, so about two or three months after living in Pflugerville, I had applied for this mission next Dallas thing on a whim because a friend of mine said, Hey, look into this uh, performance is doing a not for profit for veterans. And I, yeah. and I said, well, this sounds like a scam to get me to sell supplements. And uh, he said, I don't know. It's pretty legit. I know the the rep pretty well and he wouldn't, you know, I don't think the company would do stuff like that. And I said, okay, whatever. And I applied. And that, that was the first class, right? You were in the first. Yeah. yeah. I'm the, I, I am one of the OGs. One of the OGs. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, but yeah, that was, that was wonderful. Um, sure. There was bumps in the road. Cause it's the first time you ever do something in a foundation with a bunch of veterans that don't know each other. And, <clears throat> but it was a, it was an eye-opening experience. It was, uh, that class was actually more focused on PTSD and sobriety than, uh, I mean, sure there's, there's elements of that in FitOps now. That was like the purpose of that class on top of uh, fitness. Hmm. So, I mean, I went to this class and I was like, Jesus, there's a bunch of people just like me who have, you know, all kinds of, they couldn't ha- handle in civilian life. Isn't the easiest thing in the world. Right. They, oh, there's, there's way more than me out there. So went through, went through the FitOps class, became one of the first CVFOs before it was a CVFO title to ever exist. And it was great. I went and, um, I even went back and visited the second class because, um, my bodybuilding coach at the time was there. So went and saw, went and saw them and yeah, but FitOps, fit with, because of FitOps, I became a better personal trainer and learned how to coach. Right. You know, because I mean, I've, uh, I, grew up in a, I grew up in a very Christian home. So caring for other people is a big deal to me, even though I've kind of fallen away from the church. And Yeah, you still have that in you. Like it's... Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in, with a life of service. Right. Because, you know, a, li- a life in service of others is a, it's a fulfilling life. Yeah. And helping other people, for lack of a better term, get their shit together is super rewarding. Most definitely, man. Um, So for those of you guys just joined in, uh, talking to Jake Howard, uh, Marine veteran, talking about his uh, overcoming his obstacles of uh, drug use, being overweight, uh, and then how he became a personal trainer, and then uh, 
through FitOps was helping other veterans who, who have, you know, gone through that same scenario. Um, hey, Jake, so for those that are listening right now, you know, they, they could probably like relate to some of the things in your story, right? Uh, what are some of the things that you can, I guess, give some advice to as far as like, how did you overcome those obstacles and, and what did you do? So, what I, so I, I've been more invested in the uh, sober community lately. And there is, there's obviously more than one way to skin a cat. Um, how I, how I discovered my, how I discovered that I was done, you know, it wasn't through going to rehab. It wasn't through working a program, you know, something like AA. It was, you know, I realized that I wanted to die, Mm. which made no sense. Um, I was just, and then. I, 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 I was able to crunch the numbers real quick. It's like, you know, what's, what's causing this? And it was just, you're, you're drunk all the time, moron. Try, how about you, how about you give that up and see how that goes? And so for, for me, that was the way, like my, that me trying to kill myself and then failing at it and then trying to still trying that one night, that was, a, that was a really, really big wake up call. Was that like your aha moment or like just, yeah, I, I had a, and I, I wouldn't even call it my rock bottom really, but it was, it was definitely, it's going to get worse if you don't stop now. Mm-hmm. And I think that once you either you hit your rock bottom or you have that realization that, Oh, this is going to get worse if you keep this up then you then go seek help in whatever way you need to seek it. Not everybody's going to do, going to be able to do what I did, which was just like, I'm done. And that's not saying that I don't like, I was uh, last week. I, I looked over at my fiance and I said, I want a glass of scotch. Yeah. You know, like just the, the urges are still there. Like if you, if you were to ask me about, um, you know, like cocaine or Molly, I'd say I'd do it right now, <laughs> you know, but, um, it's, it's, um, I avoid those scenarios and where that kind of stuff would be. But when it comes to alcohol, I, you know, I had a job in a bar. I respect people's right to go out and have a, have a few or maybe a few more than a few because that's their life. That's not my life. So um and sometimes people can't do that sometimes people have to avoid stuff 100 percent, and that's that's just fine you got to live your life and the people that are meant to be in your life will respect you and the choices you make that's definitely and if you know the people in your life don't they're they're not meant to be there right 100 percent, man i agree with that um you got to have some, a, a great support system around you to make Absolutely. sure you don't fall to the wayside. So, And even if you don't have a great support system, we live in a really cool time where the information is at your fingertips always. Right. You can, you can hop on a, on a Google machine and find a, you know, alcoholic, Anonymous, alcoholics anonymous or, you know, uh, 
support group for recovering addicts or find a rehab center or like a halfway house right. in your area anytime. So, I mean, there's, if you really, if you really, really, really want to beat your addiction and get better, there's really no excuse. What's, what's been the most rewarding um, moment or experience you've had in your second service? I helped a lady that uh, really couldn't walk um, do full barbell squats. We, we got her working and mobile enough to where she could like bend and stretch and touch her toes. And wow. um, I mean, there's more than one. I would, uh, I did my first bodybuilding prep myself. That was really cool. What, uh, how long ago was that? Oh Christ. Uh, 2016. 2017, Brittany yelled at me. She, <laughs> <laughs> so you did that all by yourself? How long was that? How long was the whole process? Um, I, I did a, like four months. I did a, because I'd been steady losing weight for like two years right. up at this point. And I was just like, I'm going to do a show. Nothing's going to stop me. I'm, I'm going to cut down all the way and let's just, let's just see what, I'm gonna, let's see how it goes. So, I mean, in between YouTube and Google, I, I figured, figured it out. Was I incredibly a, much a flat string bean on stage? You betcha. Yeah. I, I, but, I mean, I did it. You right. know, I, I went from 310, 315 to I was like 143, 144 pounds on, on my first stage. You know? Man, that's awesome, man. I applaud you for that. And, and you know, not too many people can go up there and, do what you do and basically be judged by other people based on you know how you look or whatever but that was one of the things that you wanted to do and you kind of you took action and you did it yourself right that's yeah. that's one of the hardest things just doing it well, yourself but i, I am in, you found a I way will, i will self i will admit that i am at times incredibly too stubborn for my own good and i you know <clears throat> i really have to be convinced sometimes that the person I'm listening to is worth listening to. And that's, that's always been my, that's always been my, my blessing and my curse. All right. It's, you know, I can figure this out. I'll figure it out. Why would I ask? Why would I ask for help? I can figure it out. And until it comes to time, it's like, yeah, you need it. You need, yeah. some, you need some assistance on this project, <laughs> sir. <laughs> that's awesome, man. All right, guys. Hey, so if you guys, again, uh, just joining us talking to Jake Howard, um, coming up to the last part of the uh, interview here, uh, Jake, what's one thing you want to, or if what's one thing you want our listeners or viewers want to take away from this, from this episode? I want people to know that no matter what their struggle is, even, even if they're just civilian people listening and having a good time, you can find a way to get what you need to get done. done. There's, mm -hmm all kinds of people out there that are have been through similar if not almost to a t exact things you've been and they are willing to through their experience help you get your life where it needs to go i don't even necessarily want to say on track because not everyone's you know been addicted to something goofball but sometimes people when you don't have a direction need to find somebody that is their guiding light 
on their dark path, you know? So there's, there's always someone out there. Um, I'll even throw it out there. You can hit me up. I'll talk to you. Um, Cause that's, that's what I do all day. Anyway, I have, I love it. Uh, it doesn't even have to be about fitness. I'll shoot the, I'll talk to you about anything. That's fine. We'll talk. And if I, and if I can't help you, I may more, I more than likely may know somebody that can, and I can point right. you in the right direction. And that's, uh, that's how I deal with, uh, with fitness too. If we, if you hit me up and you say, Hey, I want you to be my coach. And I say, well, tell me about yourself. I'll say, you know what? I know somebody that's way better at that than me. Here's their number and here's their info. Tell them that yeah. Jake sent you, you know? Yeah. You, you know, you guys might not be the right fit, but at least you know somebody that might be, or that can help that person better or whatnot. Yep. So. And when it comes to fitness, that's one of the coolest things about the FitOps Foundation. There's, there's graduated CVFOs out there that, you know, I know professional MMA fighters all the way, you know, CrossFitters and powerlifters and strongmen and bodybuilders, like whatever you want, like yogis, right? like whatever you need. I got you. Hit me up. I know somebody. <laughs> That's awesome, man. All right. Coming up to the uh, last segment of the, the podcast here. So Jake, this is what I call the fast five. It's where I ask my uh, guests five questions. Um, are you ready? Hit them up. All right. First, what's one hobby you enjoy? Lifting. Lifting. Just lifting anything. <laughs> anything. All right. Uh, second, if you had to choose one person, dead or living, living to hang out with or work out with for one day, who would it be and why? Dorian Yates. Cause he, um, Dorian Yates' style of training is probably some of the most extreme stuff that you'd yeah. ever see. And I like to think that I'm hardcore, but uh, I, I'm definitely not. So, talk about OG. That's that's one of the OGs. He was the first mass monster to win the Olympia. And contrary to popular belief, if you look at Dorian Yates when he first started, before his injury started coming up, he was still pretty balanced and aesthetic for the most part. He was just huge. Right. Then once stuff started tearing, he was like, "Whatever, I'm just gonna get as big as possible." <laughs> All right, next question. Recommend a book for our audience to read. Meditations, Marcus Aurelius. Mm, that's a good one. All right, next question. What's your favorite quote and why? The only thing that grows in a comfort zone is complacency, and complacency kills. Mm, man, I love that. I tell that to my sailors all the time. Complacency yep. kills, man. I mean, that's, that's a standard military. You see that fire. every time, whenever we went on patrol, like that was yep. like complacency kills. Yeah. Once you get, once you get comfortable, that's when dumb stuff happens. Like mm -hmm. once you're not paying attention and you're not a hundred percent dedicated to what you're trying to do, that's when you get hurt or your friends get hurt or, you know, things go awry. So it's, it's that constantly keeping your head on a swivel forcing yourself to learn and be better in anything in life, not just combat, but anything in life. Anything. Always, always force yourself to learn and be better. Definitely. All right. Last question. What do you see yourself in a year in five years or even 10 years from now? In five years, I'd like to see myself at about 240 pounds lean 
and coming damn near close to being an IFBB pro on top of being a father to five and good husband. I like to, I'd like to find the balance. All right, man. That's recorded, Jake. So <laughs> five years from now. Put it, put it out. Cut it, in a, cut it in short form and send it to me once a month. all right well jake this has been an awesome episode i appreciate you first off for telling your story uh your struggles um and then just overcoming all the obstacles that came along the way and just crushing it man just in life in general right so um thank you for sharing your story uh one last thing how can our audience stay in touch with you where can they find you oh you can find me on instagram and the twitter machine at Hake Joward, H-A-K-E-J-O-W-A-R-D. If uh, you aren't trying to social media it up too much, you can reach me out to me on my, my email, and that's at uh, SoberSwolePod at gmail.com. Awesome, man. And you can also listen to our podcast, the Sober Swole Podcast, on, <laughs> on YouTube. Definitely. And then we'll drop all that stuff on the show notes. Make sure they can uh, click through that. And oh, you're beautiful. Follow you guys. You're beautiful. I appreciate you. Buddy. <laughs> all right, bro. Hey, I appreciate you uh, for coming on. Like I said, thanks for sharing your story and taking the time, man. No problem. Anytime. All right. Hey everyone. Raiden here. I just want to thank you for listening to our podcast and make sure you guys go check out our website fortist-fidelis.com again that's fortist-fidelis.com and learn how you can help us support in providing these memorial coins to the families of the fallen and make sure you guys go follow our social media on facebook frts fdls again that's frts fdls and on instagram and twitter at frts underscore fdls again that's frts underscore fdls and make sure you guys go subscribe review and leave a comment on our podcast on all the podcast platforms till then take care